All right. Corinthians chapter 11. me to get into 2 Corinthians. Now, <clears throat> verse 1. Now, we've not been long ago we've come through this, but I certainly didn't wear it out. <clears throat> Paul says to the church at Corinth, Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. Now this is tongue in cheek. Paul's not telling them that he's dealing in folly. He's saying folly as they might look at it. But he's uh, pandering to their rebellion. He says, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you have received, or if you receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Well, he's still got tongue in cheek there. He doesn't, he's not saying everything that I've got's a joke. Everything that I've got is real, and you're messing with it. Anyway, so he says, I fear lest by any means. As the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, I want us to understand the profundity of the Bible is beyond words. How profound it is. And yet, how simple. It is. Now anything I tell you about God, his person, his attributes, his works, Christ, his person, and his works are beyond my understanding, beyond my comprehension. I don't understand all that. I don't understand how did God speak and this universe existed. It it didn't exist. The Bible says Abraham believed that God could declare, be what isn't. That's the kind of faith Abraham had. Every child of God has that kind of faith, or else they're not a child of God. But anyway, I don't understand all of that. I don't understand how God is a triune being. God the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God manifest in three persons. I don't understand that. I don't understand the eternity of God. How can it be that God never had a beginning? You can run yourself crazy on that one. But it's absolutely true. He is the eternal, self-existent one. I don't understand all that. But here he talks about the simplicity that is in Christ. Now here it is. So we've got a message to tell the world whether they receive it or not. Amen. And here's our message. You say, well, just believe in Jesus. No, that's not the message. That's not the message at all. You've got to tell some things here. God is the creator of this world. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. 
He made Adam and Eve. He made Adam from the dust of the earth. He made Eve from the rib of Adam. That's literally true. Historically true. Well, it certainly is denied today. I mean, on all, all fronts. Nevertheless, it's true. Lost people need to know that. We need to tell them. And we also need to tell them what happened. God set Adam and Eve in a paradise. The Garden of Eden. That's literal historical truth or historically true. And Adam and Eve chose to sin against God. So did they have a free will? Yes. The only human being to ever exercise free will was Adam and Eve. Of course, Adam's responsible. And the last Adam. No other human being has ever had a free will. Adam was the representative of the human race. And he exercised free will. And he chose to transgress the law of God. He sinned against God and thereby he plunged all of his progeny. That's the word. All of his descendants. Well, who are his descendants? If you are a human being, you are a descendant of Adam. You're not a descendant of an alien. The only aliens I know of are coming across the border. There aren't any aliens coming from outer space. There never have been. There's something on television. I never watch it. Uh, talking about aliens. Never watched it. Don't want to watch it. Not going to watch it. Because it's a bunch of hogwash. There aren't any aliens as far as Creatures out there. There's never been another world other than this one. Do you know how long they've been looking for other earths? They've got billions upon billions of, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, radar things, screens, trying to detect sounds from outer space. And do you, I mean, this has been going on since the 50s and 60s. They've got acres and acres full of these great big screens. It costs billions of dollars trying to get sounds from out there. Do you know how many they've picked up in this last 60 years? Zero. Nothing. I know they talk about New Mexico. Area one, what is it? Area something. 51. Huh? 51. What's out there? Certainly enough, no little green men from outer space. Can't be no life on Mars. You can't live there. Talk about going to get to Mars. If they ever get anybody up there, they'll never bring them back. You read to travel for nine months, 24-7, at the speed of a bullet to try to get there and then get on that planet. You can't live on that planet. You can't live on the moon. And that's not just, what, 250,000 uh, miles? Mars is much further than that. And they talk about going to stars. The nearest star is trillions of miles away. You can't even, you can't even calculate that. I, be, I, I don't bet, but I bet you none of them have got a computer, a, a computer or an ad machine that can calculate trillions. And that's how the nearest star is trillions of miles away. Unbelievable. I don't understand all that. God spoke. He, he made the stars also. 
How's that? I don't understand all that. I believe it. You don't much see it around here because you got too many street lights and everything. Lights from houses and everything. But you look those out west and get out in those plains and out where there's nothing out there and you look up in the sky, you can't believe how many stars you see. And they look like they're right next together. They're trillions of miles apart. How big is it out there? I don't know. It's infinite. God's there. But that's, I don't understand all that stuff. But now, Adam fell. He sinned. Every human being is a descendant of Adam. Doesn't matter what your color is or your size, your language, all that stuff doesn't matter. There's diversity, but we're all human. And we're all of the same race. Didn't he say Eve is the mother of all living? Eve's the mother of us all. As we all came from there, not from some other place. And we don't have any half human, half half ape human beings. (coughs) Now, the whole world, the whole human race is in sin. How many times do you have to sin to become a sinner? And yet the Bible plainly says if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all. Every human being is there. I don't care how many Dr. Hogg Jaws names he, uh, degrees he's got. I don't care how big a politician he is, how big a dictator, Pope, or anybody else. That's true of every human being. And there's nothing you can do to right yourself. You see these things all the time out in people's yards somewhere. Get right with God. There's only one way to get right with God. And that is through God's remedy. And he's only got one. There's nothing else you can do. Some of, you, some of them teach that baptism do it. No, it won't. Good works, no, it won't. Money, nothing. Nothing to it. But Jesus Christ, his blood and his righteousness. Amen. And there's only one way we can get to it is by repentance, through repentance and through faith. Repent means to have another mind towards God. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's not a complicated story to tell. There's nothing complicated about it. There's a simplicity of Christ. But watch it when they get you so confused. That's not coming from God. God's not the author of confusion. Satan is. Satan and the flesh. Now, look at Ezra, the fourth chapter. out there. Ezra the fourth chapter. This is at beginning of the restoration of Israel. Going back to build the wall, to build the temple and to build the wall. The adversaries of Judah in verse 1 and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple under the Lord God of Israel. Then they came to Zerubbabel. He's the one that built the temple, the contractor that built it. And they tried 
to be, the enemies tried to become a part of it. And then the people of the land, verse 4, weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. Now these are real people. Space, time, and history. These are real people, the, uh, the people of Judah. They've come back to the promised land, come back to Jerusalem. But it says, and these people, the enemies, hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. Hang on to that word frustrate. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now see, that would be Iran in today's world. And it was Cyrus, king of Persia, that released the Jews, the Israelites, to go back to Israel. He was their friend. Why is Iran against Israel today? Because of the Muslim religion, folks. These are not Arabs, they're Persians. But it's their Muslim religion that is the hater of Israel. I could go further with that, but it, that's all right. That word frustrate. And another word for that. Thwart. Do you know that word? Thwart. T-H-W-A-R-T. I use it fairly often. Thwart. That's a synonym of frustrate. <coughs> Mark's gospel, the seventh chapter. Let me see here. Stay with me. Jesus said to the Pharisees, and he said unto them, Full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep, your own tradition. Now that's the word for frustrate. Atheteo. He said, full well you reject and frustrate the commandment of God. You undermine, you defeat the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. I'm talking about frustrating and thwarting the purpose of God. Now here's the meaning, dictionary meaning of thwart. To oppose successfully. To prevent from accomplishing a purpose. To frustrate a plan. Now, our God, power and intelligence belongs to him. Amen. It all comes from him. And the Bible talks over and over about God's purpose and God's plan. God has lots of plans in his whole, his decree, singular. It all goes together. It's not like God's doing this and contingent on this, he's doing something else. God's eternal and his purpose is eternal. But he works all things after the counsel of his own will. So the, the wrath of man, God restrains it. And uses it and throws the rest of it away. The worst that man can do cannot thwart, yea, frustrate the plan and purpose of God. Now, this attempt to thwart God's plan has been going on for a long time. I read 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. But I fear less by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve. Well, that beguiled, boy, that's a, that's a big word on deception. What deception is. To start with, here's Eve in the garden, Adam in the garden. I don't know how long, if you can put time to it, I don't think you can. 
How old was Eve about this time? I don't know. We go back to Genesis 3 and see what happened there. And there's this snake. I've talked about this. I think Eve should have said she got deceived. I think she should have said, snakes don't talk, old boy. What are you doing talking? Because snakes don't talk. And they don't. I said, well, do you believe that one talked? Yes. I know it did. But snakes don't talk. Something's going on here. Something's out of kilter. Something's fishy here. And Eve should have grabbed hold of that. But she didn't. She fell into that trap. And what was this trap all about? It was Satan's first attempt to thwart, yea, frustrate the purpose and plan of God. And she fell into the trap and then comes along Adam. I don't know, was he henpecked? Must have been. We don't see where Adam resisted Eve at all. She gave him that apple and he bit into it. But his eyes were wide open and yet all of the responsibility is all on him because he's the federal head of the human race. He was representing all of us. The theologians say we were all similarly present in Adam because that's where we all came from and we all get our sinful nature from Adam. Now we're not going to hell because of Adam's sin. You go to hell because of your own sins. Adam's got enough of his own. He doesn't need to take care of ours. He can't take care of ours. Uh, every, old mountaineer said, every tub must stand on its own bottom. <laughs> and that's what it is. We're all responsible. But we're all sinners by, by nature, by choice, and by practice. So you can't blame Adam. They say, well, original sin. There ain't no original sin. There it is. But it has nothing to do with you and me except we've got a sinful nature because of it. Amen. Oh, well, Jesus died for original sin. That's what the Catholics say. No, no, Jesus died for all of the sins of all of these people. Amen. Anyway, so there's Satan with Eve, attempt to thwart God's purpose and plan. Then we come up with Cain and Abel. Well, Abel... There's God's plan. A godly line to bring forth the Savior. Simplicity in Jesus. That's, God told Adam and Eve about the seed. Genesis 3.15. Then he drove them out of the Garden of Eden. Then they had a, they had a baby. And Eve said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. She, she thought that was him. She was wrong. She thought Cain was the Savior, but he wasn't. But we see that Satan used Cain. For what? To attempt to thwart, frustrate the plan of God, the purpose of God. Well, uh, look at John 8, 44 real quick. You know what it says. Most of you do. John 8, Jesus says to these Pharisees, he says, why, verse 43, why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Now, they're hearing, they got better ears than I've got. They can hear him physically, audibly. But they can't hear his words spiritually. Amen. <coughs> he says, y'all, ye is y'all, are of your father, the devil, diabolos, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. 
for he is a liar and the father of it. You know why lying is one of the top ten there? Murder is one of the top ten there. And where did these come from? They came from Lucifer, Satan. Where did, where did Cain get that murder from? His father. And the Bible teaches that he didn't just kill him. He butchered him. I don't know what, what, what it was with, probably a rock or something, I don't know. But he butchered him. The hatred, the murder, right directly from Satan. But folks, we've got a world full of murderers right today. There's more murdering going on right today than there ever has been. And I'll tell you the biggest part of it. Somebody asked on the Facebook, what's the biggest lie that's ever been told? You know what I put up there? That unborn babies are not human. There's other big lies, politician lies. But that's the biggest lie because that lie causes the death of tens of millions of human beings every day across the world. Can you imagine how many human beings are murdered in these abortion mills? And hospitals, that's murder. And it is rampant. Say, well, back in the days of Noah, it was really rampant then. Yeah, but it's even more rampant today. As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Anyway, let's go on. Cain attempted to thwart God's purpose and plan. God raised up another one, Seth. And he brought forth the Savior. But there's what I'm talking about, thwarting God's plan. We come to Abraham, or Abram and Sarai. They become later Abraham and Sarah. I don't have time to read it all, but in Genesis 15, 16, 21, God made a covenant with Abram. Who was a, an Iraqi. He was a Chaldean. Abram, Abram was not a Jew. I've told many Jews that. I don't know about many. i told several that. And they get mad. But it's true. Abram was not a Jew. He, he was a Chaldean. They're not Jews. If it, in today's world, it'd be an Iraqi. But God took Abram and Sarah. He got them out of Ur of the Chaldees. And got them to Israel. Later on becomes known Israel. And there God made a covenant with Abraham. Read Genesis 15. He said, look at the stars. And I have an idea that what they were looking at is every bit of what we see out in a clear night. And all of that. He said, can you number them? Tell the stars. That's what he means. Can you number them? Well, only a few idiot astronomers thought they could number them back in the 1800s. I think some of them said others, 2,222 stars. Come to find out, there's billions, if not trillions of stars. And we don't even know how many that we don't know about. No, you can't number them. Well, now this covenant that God made with Abram. He made a nation. He's not talking non-physical here. He's talking about physical. And we know what happened with, with uh, Ishmael, Hagar, the handmaiden. Sarah got antsy, thinking she's too old and he's 
The old man's too old. They ain't going to have no baby. God said they got to have a baby. She said, well, I reckon that Egyptian handmaid, slave, I reckon that'll do. I'll just send her in to Abraham. And I noticed Abraham didn't argue with it. He should have. He didn't. And she had a baby. God told him, this is not going to be your heir. And that heir, that, that baby Ishmael is the progenitor, that's the fancy word. Out from Ishmael came all of the Arabs. Now all of the Muslims are not Arabs. About all Arabs are Muslim. But many others are Muslim. That Muslim religion, there's the issue. Well, God said he's going to have a nation. And he did. Later on, Jacob becomes Israel. So then he has 12 sons, and they become the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, are they truly real people? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Now, why do I keep saying that? Because there's a bunch that says they're not. Anyway, <coughs> these Muslims are trying to thwart the purpose and plan of God. They're not the only ones, but they certainly are rampant today trying to thwart the purpose and plan of God. Come to Moses. Genesis or yeah the Exodus there's Moses baby Moses Pharaoh puts out an order we don't, I don't have time to tell the whole account kill all them Jewish babies got them in slavery these African Egyptians do y'all hear what I'm saying these African Egyptians have the Jews in hard slavery. I hope somebody hears this. So don't say that they've been picked on all and nobody else has been. They picked on the Jews for 430 years. Maybe they ought to give some reparations to the Jews. If you're honest, you'd recognize what I'm saying. Anyway, Pharaoh trying to thwart, yea, frustrate the purpose and plan of God. But we know that didn't work. All right? Come all the way to the New Testament times to Herod. Look at uh, Matthew 2. I've got to move along here. Matthew 2 and verse 14. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. Well, let me read verse 13. When they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. You read the rest of it in that chapter. And that's what they had to do with baby Jesus. Get him into Egypt. Get him away from Herod, the king, the Jew king, because you're going to wipe him out, frustrate, defeat, thwart the purpose and plan of God. Well, he didn't do it. He tried. You know, through history, New Testament history from First century on, there have been many attempts and many holocausts against the Jewish nation. No telling how many. Do you know that 
when Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, he sailed under Portuguese authority, and they had just, Ferdinand and Isabella had just banned all Jews from Portugal. In Christopher's time, there have been many holocausts, and yet the big holocaust that we know about is Adolf Hitler in pre-World War II and World War II until we, the Allies defeated them and we liberated those death camps, but not before they had wiped out six million Jews or more. There were others wiped out in those death camps, but there were at least six million Jews that we know of. Surely we can't know about them all. Surely they burn them all to ashes before, uh, before they, you could ever recognize them. How many of them were never recognized? And that's exactly the way it was. So all these holocausts, white attempting, you know what they call that? Adolf Hitler, uh, uh, Albert Speer, and uh, all those other high Nazis, they call that the final solution. They were going to thwart and frustrate the purpose and plan of God with his nation because God ordained that nation of Israel and he promised perpetuity to them. And since then, well, we saw in 19, you know, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, everybody talks like he was some kind of a god. There were whole shiploads of Jews that tried to re take refuge in America and Roosevelt would not let them get off the ship sent them right back to the death camps. Franklin Delano, Democrat Roosevelt and his communist wife, socialist wife. Now, I can prove it all. Anyway, all involved in that attempt to thwart, frustrate the purpose and plan of God didn't work. There are over 6 million Jews in Israel as I speak. So all those they murdered didn't change a thing. Now, you've got a lot of people that claim that that didn't even happen. But they're liars, of course. But now we've got Islam. Do you know what they say? The Iranians, the Muslim Iranians, see, Islam is the name of it. It means to submit to Allah. A Muslim is one who has submitted to Allah. And that's the difference in those words. But there's your religion. And it's all over this country. You see them demonstrating. Harvard and all of the big Ivy Leagues and all of these towns, downtown Lexington, and you see those ragheads down there demonstrating against Israel. All right. Their purpose, stated purpose, is they're singing songs of this, to drive the Jews from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Drive them into the ocean and there'll never be another Jew again. I got news for them. I can't do it. They've been a trying it ever since the Garden of Eden. They can't frustrate you. can't thwart the purpose and plan of God. But now we've got even others. We've got a bunch that call themselves preterists. You've heard me speak the word. It means, it's a Latin word meaning Past. It's a doctrine. It's a it's a, an eschatological doctrine that people are holding to. We had one right here that held to it. And you know what they're done? They are thwarting in their minds, they are thwarting, frustrating, attempting to thwart the purpose and plan of Almighty God. 
They say that after 70 A.D., that's the first century, this is the 21st century, 2,000 years ago in 70 A.D., when Titus, the Roman general, came on Jerusalem because they were under Roman occupation, they scattered the Jews. That's called the Jews of the Diaspora. If you're reading in any of these books of, this, of the scattering, they say that that ended the nation of Israel. And that all of these people, these Jews now, are not really Jews. By their own minds, they have thwarted, frustrated the purpose and plan of God. Now let me tell you, the God I serve, the God we serve, is a covenant-keeping God. Amen. God did not make a covenant that he backed up on. He said in his prophets that he would scatter them and he would regather them. 1948, if you've ever read the book or seen the movie Exodus, that's what it was about. 1948, the Jews went back to Israel. God gathered them in again. They had to fight their way in. But see, what right did they have to go there? God gave them it right back in Genesis 15. Amen. It's their land. It's not called Palestine. It's called Israel. Amen. Jacob's name. Anyway. Do you know they speak ancient Hebrew in Israel? The first time in the history of the world a dead language has ever been revived. God said he'd give them a pure language. They've gone back to Israel. They're there. Do you know that many of the Jews that are there can trace their heritage back to their tribe. But these preterists say there's no Israel after 70 AD. They really believe that. They think they're so smart. They're so intelligent. Let me tell you real quickly about this preterist doctrine. Do you know where it came from? It came from a Jesuit priest in the 16th century, Louis Alcazar. That's where their doctrine came from. And there's a whole host of people that have gone with that. One other doctrine. Herbert W. Armstrong picked it up. He didn't originate it. You know the Armstrong rights? You've heard him on the radio. You heard his son, uh, Garner Ted Armstrong. And then you got somebody else's on there now. You can see them. The world tomorrow. Rank heretics. They picked up the Anglo-Israelism. Anybody ever hear of that? Or British Israelism. All right. They say that the northern ten tribes of Israel were lost and they found two of them in England and the United States. They've got Ephraim. Ephraim's in Britain. And Manasseh is American. So the Jews are not Jews. Brits and Americans are Jews. We're bond-headed and blue-eyed mainly. Anyway, I don't have time to get into all this, but <laughs> the Hebrew word for covenant is breath. The Hebrew word for man, a couple of them are used. 
Adam and Ish. The word, Hebrew word for a woman is Isha. They take breath and put it with Ish. British. Oh, and they do another one too. You know the Brits are called Anglo-Saxons. Because the, the Angles, the Saxons, the Jutes, and the Frisians invaded the British Isles back in the 4th and 5th centuries and pretty much took over. Well, is it called England because of the Angles? Angle land, England, that's where that came from. But you've got the Angles and you've got the Saxons. Uh, now he gets out of the Hebrew, Armstrong, and just gets with the English now. Isaac, well, you know, the Hebrew, they don't have, didn't have vowel points, so Zix, sons, Saxons, ah, we got it. You talk about manipulating words. And see, the guy had, he, he knew no Greek, he knew no uh, Hebrew, no Latin, didn't know any of that. But he's ahead of that, that uh, bunch. And they've reduced the lost ten tribes to the lost two tribes. And they say they're the real Jews. I'm going to get you one more before I just about get out of here. Look at real quick, Ezekiel 37. Now, I'd like to read this whole chapter, but I can't. This is where the bones, the, the very many, very dry bones, dead bones, they come to life. Well, let's assemble. Let's uh, teach them what the Lord's going to do with Israel. But look, verse 12, he says, Therefore prophesy, say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves. You see, uh, this is getting, they're in captivity. That's where the Jews are now at this time. And he says, I'll open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. He ain't talking to ghosts here. He's talking to real people. The real 12 tribes of Israel. That's who he's talking to. And then look at verse 15. The word of the Lord came again unto me saying. Moreover thou son of man. Take thee one stick. Write upon it for Judah. And for the children of Israel. That proves that the northern kingdom wasn't lost. His companion, then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for the house of Israel, his companions. The stick of Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, the stick of Judah. Two sticks, make them one. And bring them back to the house of Israel. That's what he says in Ezekiel. That's at the time of the restoration, the 5th century uh, uh, B.C. Now look at Revelation and I'll quit. Chapter 7. He says now. Verse 3. Hurt not the earth. Neither the sea. The trees. Until we have sealed. The servants of our God. And their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were, there were sealed a hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now I'll tell you, not only the preterists, they say the whole book of Revelation doesn't mean anything literally. 
It's all fulfilled. It's symbolic. And there is no unfulfilled prophecy. That's what's going on up there where Derek is. These are 12 tribes of Israel. He ain't talking spirits here, folks. And there he tells you what tribes. Of the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Reuben, of Gad, verse 6, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, chapter, verse 7, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, 8, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Now look at Revelation 21. Verse 12. Talking about the New Jerusalem. It said it had a wall great and high. It had 12 gates and all the gates 12 angels. And names written thereon which are the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. Amen. Not spirits. Amen. Real. And then Psalm 105 and I'll be done. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works, glory you in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O oh, ye seed of Abraham! His servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever. Amen. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law unto Israel for an everlasting covenant. Saying unto thee, will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance when they were but a few men in number, yea, very few and strangers in it. I'm going to quit. Folks, our God is a covenant keeping God. Amen. If you're saved, you have everlasting life. It is a quality of life that will never die. Believest thou this? 